So how's your weekend been going, Keith? Well, uh, been pretty good. As you know, I've uh, I've had some trips lately. I had some fun. Um, you know, uh, got to drive that Mustang last weekend, and then uh, saw one of those Mustang Mach-E's on the road, the four-door SUV that looks Man. like a... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of it, but at the same point, it looks like uh, any other egg-shaped little <laughs> SUV on the road right now. Nice. I, I don't know why they did that, but... Uh, you know, one of the big things that uh, I've been um, looking at, especially when I was down there in Florida, I'm just so jealous of rust-free, clean vehicles. Uh, that exists. Project Excursion and everything else I've got around here, the rust and, and then trying to get rid of it. Uh, you've had some projects lately, I understand, uh, dealing with some, maybe not rust, but dealing with some... So uh, paint removal. Paint removal. So we we were up at uh, up at the boat last weekend there, and uh, we we had a company. I actually have their card. They're doing some incredible work for us. So I'll give them a shout out. Michigan Mobile Blasting out of North Ranch, Michigan. The guy's name is Sean Mercer. And they blew up the boat. Ah, uh, kind of, kind of. So Kaboom! There's, there's a big plastic tarp around it that was inflated. And they blasted it. Uh, yeah, they are sandblasting oh, our sand cabin blasting. structure on there. Uh, the, so a lot of the paint that was on there, I mean, the boat was built in 1974. So there is a tremendous number and quantity of layers that have been slopped on this thing over the years improperly, you know, on top of the original paint, um, in particular, several layers of house paint, latex based house paint on a boat. So to say it was peeling and cracking and chipping and just splitting all over the place, uh, is an understatement. I mean, it, it was nasty. I don't know that we can do a whole episode right now, or at least that maybe I'm not in the mood for it, but um, <laughs> to, if I'm speaking completely honest, which I always try to do on this show, oh. uh, but I, w I wouldn't mind talking about some surface prep stuff for a little bit. Yeah, we can do that. This, this um, in effort of that, you know, we, we looked at just sanding it down or wire wheeling it to prep it for proper paint. And, you know, we, we did a couple test spots with some stuff and it's like, we're going to be here for a week we do this so even these guys i mean they had a 750 cfm air compressor running their blasting machine they went through an entire tote of media a little over 2,000 pounds and they still weren't done they ran out of media blasting this that's a big structure mind you but some of the areas you know paint comes off all nice and easy but then you get down to some of the original base layers that were adhered properly and they were stuck good let's talk so, about this for a minute yeah we could do that it's time to hit the trail lock in those hubs and throw it into low range because you are listening to wheel it with keith and johnny orange they're here to talk about four by fours trucks and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. So is this a um, aluminum structure boat? Or yes. A, a, yep. so, it's it an all-aluminum boat. Yeah. And it, was was it, there any warpage with this sandblasting or anything? Uh, not not from the machine. I mean, we'll know. They'll, they'll be done today. They had to go back up. Or not today. They had to go back up the next day to finish up. Okay. So we'll we'll see. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, we'll see what it looks like. You know, get some pictures or when we actually go up to work on it next. 
But the, I mean, there were areas he found that were over an eighth of an inch thick of just built on layers upon layers of paint. Okay. And again, most of it not properly prepped before painting. So it added a ton of weight. It looked absolutely terrible, you know, from baking in the sun, freezing in the winter, you know, outside exposed all the time. It did not look good. <laughs> it looked like a 50, 60 year old boat. Well, you know, when you do these old boat projects or cars or trucks or anything like that, obviously rem removing all of the old paint, rust, Bondo, whatever's in it, and getting down to the bare metal structure or fiberglass, if you're working with fiberglass, yeah. is really the best way to go. Oh, yeah. But the disadvantage of doing that is there's nothing to hide. I mean, it's no. it's all... All past mistakes, all yep. of the oops, even the factory oops, everything. Yeah, and he, he said it's looking really good overall. Uh, I mean, there were a few spots. You can tell there's some weld seams and stuff down there, which we could see or know where a lot of those are anyways. But until, you know, until all the sand's out of there, I mean, we, uh, so Captain Sean kind of went in after the guys left. Just to kind of see what it looks like. I mean, there's just sand covering everything. Mm. But the few set vertical sections we could see look really nice, really clean. It looks fantastic. I mean, I it's going to be really nice once we get the new paint on there. And they are using sand. They're not using... Uh, it's glass media. Yeah, so media blasting. So they're using silica. Uh, glass bead. If that's oh. what the silica would be. I think so. It's a little less abrasive on the metal, but it'll rip the paint off. Uh, like I said, the problem is just... It it's taken a lot longer than they thought, and they went through a lot more media. <laughs> and they've got uh, like hazmat disposal type stuff they have to deal with. with yeah, that, they right? that I I don't know their full disposal system okay. on that, but you know they the whole project coded out and everything includes all the cleanup and everything. Um, you know it was all approved by the marina that we have it storing at. They've got okay. you know, all the proper insurance and everything to do the job mobile. Uh, they do offer wet options as well, so wet blasting options. Uh, that, with the quantity, it was just easier to do it with the dry media. I can see so that. A little bit of dust. I mean, you're going to get that. we got a little bit of cleanup we'll do after. And this is like, what, a 12, 15-foot boat? Uh, no, it's about 45 foot long, oh. 15 wide. <laughs> uh, weighs about 32,000 pounds. Ooh. Yeah, they're just doing the cabin structure, so the cabins maybe call it all of 20 plus or minus a few feet uh, in length, maybe, I don't know, 10, 12 wide. There was no... varying heights. You didn't need to do the hull or anything on it? Not yet. No, the hull's good. We're going to do bottom paint next summer. Okay. Or next season. Uh, probably like during the fall refit. Uh-huh. Uh, we got some hull work we have to do. Some stuff Coast Guard wants us to change around. I see. Um, just old systems that were retrofitted many, many years ago. The remnants of those are still there. So they want us to eliminate those. Okay. Just cleaner hull, make it look a little better. Um, if you go to blast the hull, just know that you might get into some interesting stuff. Oh, I'm already expecting that. I've already seen some stuff from where the ablative paints come off. It's going to be interesting when that comes up, for sure. <laughs> the ablative paint? Ablative. What is that? So it's a paint that never really like hardens. Oh. Uh, it's designed so that a little bit comes off as you're going. It's a marine-specific paint so that you don't get a lot of growth that attaches to the vessel. Oh, I think I've seen that. Heard. I didn't know that was called, though. Yeah. But okay. It's nasty stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I know that um, 
You know, I, I do like boats. I've owned a, a couple of them over the years. I don't own one right now. You know uh, what the best kind of boat is? One you don't own or your friend's boat? <laughs> somebody else's. Yeah, somebody else's. <laughs> Break out another thousand, you know, or like they say, a boat's a hole in the water that you throw money in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, I've heard the definition, like Webster's defines a boat as a hole in the water surrounded by wood, metal, and or fiberglass into which one pours money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about right. And, you know, there's no such thing as free either because uh, my last boat that I had, and I still have just a sweet spot for these, um, growing up in Elginac, Michigan, I love Chris Craft boats. You're talking about the big metal one? Yeah, so I I had a 37-foot steel hull Chris Craft Roamer. I remember Um, that. Now, the Roamers (laughs) were actually never built in Elginac, uh, maybe in the very early days, in the 50s, but... Um, I believe they were built in Wisconsin, maybe Minnesota. Um, so they, they were not an Elginac build boat, but they yeah. were still a Chris Craft and they were built through the corporate structure. Uh, the Chris Craft had actually bought out the Romer boat company. Mm-hmm. So I think they did continue building them up there is what they did. Um, but, um, I always loved them and they built them in both aluminum hull and in steel hull. Mm-hmm. I've, I own two of them. I had a uh, small aluminum hull, and then I had the big uh, steel hull. Well, the I, when I was into the Roamers and I was reading forums and things online about them, I ran across a guy's blog post where he had gotten a free, I think it was a 46 or 47-foot aft cabin, um, which means there's the bedroom in the back. Uh, Chris Craft Romer yeah. that had been sitting for a number of years abandoned at a marina and he got it for free. And him and his wife decided to completely redo this Romer and turn it into a liveaboard mm. and, you know, travel around the world or at least North America in this uh, basically redone vintage yacht that they got for free. But I tell you what, you could just see, and obviously they put a lot of sweat equity into it, but he probably still put a hundred plus thousand dollars into the restoration of this thing. Oof. And uh, I remember when they went in and they blasted the hull of this aluminum roamer, <laughs> and they found out that the welded aluminum plates, I mean, that was really early days of aluminum welding yeah. in the 60s, and they hadn't done the greatest job in some areas, and so there was areas that they had up to two inches thick of like a Bondo-like material Ooh. that they had smoothed out. Ooh. And so they had they had blasted all that out, and then they had to put some sort of new marine version of Bondo, whatever. I don't know yeah. the, what they make for it, but they had put it all over it. And you know, replaned it down, and it looked looked gorgeous when they were done. And oh, they put marine, it. you know, paint on it when they were done. But yeah, man, I I don't know that that's something the type of restoration I'd want to get into. I mean, that's just no. as bad as doing an old car or truck, and you, oh yeah, you know, and you have it media stripped, whether it's walnut shells or uh, uh, baking soda, or which is, those are real popular because they don't have the heat. Yeah, that the sand or glass does. Yeah, and so when you're working with real thin sheet metal. Yeah. Your boat, you're dealing with thicker metal. Yeah. So the heat with warping it as you're blasting, it is not a, uh, yeah, um, as much of a concern. But, you know, but anyways, um, you know, you get in there and all of a sudden you find out that this quarter panel got completely smashed in the past <laughs> and they didn't know what they were doing. And so it's just full of fiberglass and Bondo and all this crap. And I mean, of course, you could just redo it the way they did it. But now when you've got it stripped down, you want to do it right. So yeah. if you can get a new quarter panel for that car, you're hanging new quarter panels and you're, um, this is one of the things in the in the car hobby and in the truck hobby that a lot of owners don't understand why body shops 
quality restoration body shops charge as much as they do. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many unknowns. Yeah. Sure, there's a possibility that you happen to pull in with the most beautiful original vehicle ever. They strip it down. They have to do very little to it. They mm-hmm. can repaint it. But that's so much out of the norm. Yeah. You know, people will think that they've got all original paint on a car, and they don't realize when that car was two months old, it got T-boned, and <laughs> or it, it got a, you know, our Dodge Omni that we bought in 1985 at the dealership the day we picked it up, the roof got screwed up, and they ended up repainting the roof and the hatch in the, on the car. Yeah. And, you know, you'd never know it. Yeah. Years later, though, when I sanded that car down, it was one of the first ones I ever started to repaint. And I sanded it all down. There was a bunch of bondo in the roof no. and in the in the deck and all that. It's like, yeah. you know, it, it's it'll it'll be interesting to see this thing all cleaned up with all the sand and you know the tarps out of the way. I'll, I'll show you some pictures I got in a minute here. Well, when we're done, as you know, the it, this thing was an oil worker boat. You know, it was a crew boat to and from oil rigs in Louisiana originally. Salt water use, that before. yeah. yeah. Um, you look at some of the corners on this thing, it's beat to hell. Oh, yeah, it would be. I mean, you look at it like, how in the world did you do that and not sink this boat? Pilings <laughs> and, yeah, just ram it so into whatever. It's going to be real interesting to see how that inner structure that's so away from the sides looks after all these years. You know, when all the paint and everything's gone. I'm really excited to see it, though. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I would like to see it um, oh, yeah. and, and see how the thing looks when you when you get it done. There's... It's a, you know, we've had kind of body shop episodes in the past and we've talked about some proper paint techniques and stuff like that. But I tell yeah. you what, nothing beats stripping it down to the original metal. Yeah. Nothing beats that. Um, yeah. You just, you're, you're getting into there and you're seeing what you've got. And then the number one thing is um, once you have the original metal and you've done the metal repair work that's necessary. Like proper prep and paint <laughs> yes proper prep and paint because yeah you know why do all the time and cost of sandblasting something or yeah. whatever and uh chemical stripping it whatever you're gonna do and then put a subpar product on it yeah and we're not sitting here we're not telling you hey what this is a product we're not telling you there's a product out there we're going to plug or anything right now we're just saying don't use a subpar product you know <laughs> don't use home latex paint on your car for the love of god <laughs> no at least use rust-oleum or yeah. something i mean <laughs> i prefer krylon i mean something like that but yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, latex paint no probably no, not no uh but you know that's uh that it's very important to do that and um you know if you are restoring an old truck or a jeep or whatever it may be uh, keep in mind, this is a mistake that so many enthusiasts have made. And, and I would think that by now that the world would know not to do this, but, um, actual sandblasting. So let's say you go down to Harbor Freight or your local hardware store and you buy one of those, um, sand pop sandblasters that you can run off your home air compressor and you go, okay, I'm going to strip this car. Now, one, you probably don't have the CFMs to do it. <laughs> no. And it's going to be very, very slow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even if you do get something set up and you manage to get yourself a big air compressor and a small enough air uh, sandblaster that it can work, um, sand will warp sheet metal, the heat yeah. of it. And there's been so many cars that have been ruined because of you know, people not realizing as they're sandblasting, it's building up this heat and it's causing these waves in it. Um, I've seen two cars. Uh, there was one just up the road. Uh, the one that would, I just, to this day, it blows my mind. The guy would ruin it this way. 
He took a 1955 Chevrolet Nomad. Um, you know, they only made about 7,000 of those. Uh, I had one myself that was a very rough car that I flipped and made a lot of money on. But, um, you know, it's the old home improvement Tim Allen. Um, you know, the red station wagon they had was a 55 Nomad. Yeah. Sharp-looking cars. And uh, this guy had this Nomad, and he decided that he was going to repaint it, fix it up a little bit, and flip the car. Well, he went and sandblasted the whole body, yeah. and then it was... He had warped it so badly, every mm. single surface of this car, um, that he just decided to paint it one of the lightest colors he could paint it to uh, try to hide it. And he painted it in kind of a canary yellow. Um, it was not a good-looking color for the car, but, Bummer. I mean, even in you looked in the sunlight and you could just see it was just this waves all the way down the car. Bummer. And he was asking big money for it, and he kept dropping it and dropping it and dropping it. I think he finally let that car go for about $6,000. Mm. And it was a running, driving 55 Nomad. But everyone that looked at it said, it needs to be completely reskinned. Yeah. You can buy the doors, you can buy the front end, but you couldn't buy... You can buy patch panels for the quarter panels. You can't buy the roof skin. So all that had to be hand Hammered redone. Out or something. Hammered yeah. out, hand redone, whatever. Uh, you know, shrinking tools, whatever they use on it. It, it would have just, you would have had $30,000 in body work on this car to fix this this yeah. thing. And he could have turned this car easily into something that today would have been worth sixty or $70,000. And yeah. this is 15 years ago. The car back then would have been a thirty thousand dollar car, but he just—I think he started asking twenty something thousand dollars Jeez. for it. But he just—he couldn't. Sell. Everyone that looked yeah. at it said, "You warped the hell out of it with a sandblaster, man." Yeah. And I know another guy, um, not real personally, but I know of him that did the exact same thing with a, um, a very early production split nose seventy Camaro. Hmm. Uh, stripped the whole body down and then took a one car garage, turned it into a sandblasting booth. Literally had a pile of sand in the sand on the floor, oh. and was just in there blasting, blasting, blasting in a hood um, for days. Sandblasted this shell, and before they even put the paint on it, they looked at it and they said, "Oh man, we we warped it. <laughs> we so, messed up." Yeah, so um, you know, you want to use walnut shells, you want to use um, some sort of media, or even yeah. better, use a pro. Use somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, yeah. Your mobile this, guys that you just the, plug them again, plug them yeah, again. Um, what was their name? Perfect out here. Now, do they do um, automotive too, or no? Yes, I was just gonna say that. Michigan Mobile Blasting. Uh, let's see what they've got here. So I'm gonna, ju I'll just straight up read this off the back of their card. Uh, abrasive blasting, dustless wet blasting, industrial commercial painting, steam washing, cleaning, stone etching, fire smoke damage removal, soda blasting, total car body stripping. I know they do frames. Uh, implements, trailer welding and repair, boats, mineral removal, and uh, just from talking with the guys yesterday, they have they do powder coating too. Okay. So they they just got a new giant oven. They can do like full bodies and frames. So when it comes time when I'm working on the commando, I'm gonna probably go through these guys. You take it right to them at that point, right? They have a shop. Yeah, yeah. They've okay. got. Uh, I, I think it's all in the North Branch there. Bit of a so. drive, but. Little bit, but I mean, you know what we've seen is good quality work. I I may talk to them as well with the Brat Pack FJ60. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that sometime in the next couple of months, here in the summer months, uh, I'm able to get a number of our buddies over here and uh, get the body lifted off the frame. Yeah, and then pulled into the my little one car garage. I at least need to strip the frame because I've got so much patching to do on that. Yeah. 
Um, I, I want to start fresh there and I want to get all that rust scale and all that nastiness off it. And I would love to find a clean FJ 60 frame, but every single one of them I've seen, people are asking 1500, two grand. Yeah. I'm doing some modifications anyways. I'm a pretty good welder. So I'm just going to, you know, repair what I have, uh, yeah. unless it just is so Swiss cheese, you know, well, you don't know until you get there. And that's the thing, yeah. you know, I'm going to get it off the frame and I'm going to go around it with a hammer and start tapping into yeah, it. And I'm going to see mine on the, the TJ you know, Pegasus, when I started on her frame repairs, usually what's, I mean, what's normally bad there was shot. But what's typically bad with that was rock solid, just needed a coat of paint. So I, mean, I was able to save about half of it in those sections, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got an idea where we could go after this, actually, topic-wise. Okay. But I want to offer one final note on sand or any media blasting you're going to do. Okay. little tip that will hopefully save some of our listeners a massive headache. For the love of God, all that is good, holy, and whoever you believe or whatever you believe in, get a water separator for your air compressor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> clogged up clogged up lines, oh, man. Oh, my God. That sand will not work worth anything if it gets too mu- you know, too wet. No. Get it, get one, get two of them, however you do it. <laughs> I, it. I agree. The last big sandblasting job I ever did, and I've never done, like, huge ones, um, yeah. I sandblasted the axles for... Uh, my uh, one of my builds I did, and I did them outside with a respirator on on, yeah. a, on a pair of uh, sawhorses, and it, I had probably with a little like small tractor supply kind of sandblaster, I probably had six hours into each axle sandblasting. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, I'm hiring the pros. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I learned my lesson. I they looked beautiful when they were done. I got yeah. these 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 axles. They, I had a pair of Dana sixties. They were so heavily rust scaled and greased, and I degreased everything as good as I could. And then I started getting into the sandblasting, and then those old paint. And yeah, I mean they when, they looked like brand new when I was done. But man, I don't oh, want to yeah. do that again. That was terrible. Yeah. So moving on slightly, they're still on topic about you know we're talking axles rust repair prevention you know kind of restoring old vehicles uh mr john gamble asked us a question on four by four talk i know we've both been responding back and forth on says what are your thoughts on the nicot brake lines okay man um (laughs) so i was not even aware of the existence of these until about maybe six years ago seven years ago uh i well, let me think. I'm trying to think how old the oldest kid is. So, yeah, it would have been six, seven years ago. He okay. bought his first vehicle. Uh, we picked up a um, non-running Ford Ranger extended cab uh, four-banger five-speed stick uh, for $220, I think is what we paid oh, for it at wow. a garage sale. The guy was asking nice. 500 He told me it ran and drove. We got there, and it would not start. It was a really <laughs> cold day. Uh, it needed a battery. He kept swearing up and down. And he, I told him, I said, I'm not buying it. I said, I need to know this thing runs. And he told me it had an antifreeze issue coming out of the back of the engine. And I'm like, ah, head gasket. I mean, they're very simple. Those old uh, early Rangers of the four banger. I've done yeah. head gaskets on them before. I'm like, just not worth it to me. The body was solid. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I just, you know. And he was one of those desperate sellers at the last minute was like, well, what do you have on you right now? Uh, you know, what do you give me? Just give me anything. I need to get it out of here, you know? And I opened my wallet and I said, I have $220 on me. And he's like, sold. So <laughs> nice. bought the Ranger and we towed it down to my old shop that I used to have here in town. 
And we they put it, said building. Yeah, and we put <laughs> it up on the hoist, and uh, we we found out quite quickly that it did not have a head gasket issue. It had a rotted out freeze plug, <laughs> um, which was inside the bell housing, so we had to pull Ooh. the trans to do it. Uh, when we pulled it out, the clutch was sketchy at best looking, so we did a clutch while we were there. Makes um, sense. So we did the we did the flywheel, uh, the clutch. We did the uh, replace the freeze plug. We had gotten it running first before we did all of this. Yeah. We put a battery in, and it fired. It did fire right up, um, which was but it was pouring antifreeze out of the back. And yeah. we started looking. We go, oh, it's a freeze plug, you know. Yeah. So um, a contaminated clutch, anyways. Sure. Yeah. It was, well, <laughs> I don't know if antifreeze will do anything. I'm not sure on that, honestly, but. Um, so we ended up uh, doing that. Well, um, when we had pulled it into the shop, non-running, um, I told the kid, I'm like, all right, we're going to pull it in. And I says, you know, because you remember the hoist was kind of angled in that. Yeah. that so he, I says, just steer it. And then I said, I said, hit the brakes. So he goes and hits the brakes. And it did stop. And he goes, oh, the pedal just went to the floor. And I says, <laughs> what's going on? So we look underneath there, and there's some brake fluid dripping. So we get on the hoist, and... Um, most of the brake lines are rotted out mm-hmm. on the Ranger. And I, I'm like, man, we're just going to have to run new brake lines everywhere, which is no big deal. We've done it on how many Michigan vehicles with our <laughs> rust issues and stuff. So, exactly. <laughs> so, we went down, we grabbed a bunch of lines, took some measurements. I always, I mean, I have a flaring tool, but to go to the auto parts store and just get the ones that are basically the right length and run them for a beater truck like that, it's yeah. just quicker. So, we grabbed all the, well, we're going through the whole thing and. The only brake line that was quote unquote new in the very front was a copper brake line. Ah. Now I grabbed this thing and you could just bend it around like copper. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, you can't run copper for brake lines. It doesn't have the burst <laughs> pressure. I know this from my automotive school days. I know this yeah. from being a former uh, state certified mechanic. And I'm like, who the hell ran a copper brake line in here? They did a beautiful flare job on it, whatever. Pulled this thing off, went down, got all steel, we put it on there. So I'm looking at this thing and I'm bending it around and I had another run down to the parts store and I went in and I says, hey, look at this thing. I says, somebody put it in. The guy says to me, he goes, well, that's a NICOP line. And I says, <laughs> I says, oh, what? And he goes, that's a copper line, you know? And and uh, I says, you can't run copper. And he's like, oh, hey, come back here. And he shows me this whole rack of copper lines. And mm-hmm. I says, dude, I go, you can't sell those to people. I'm like pissed. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, you can't put copper lines for brake lines. The brake line pressure is no, no, no. These are certified. And he said some bullshit about it being uh, like, oh no, European cars have been using these for yep. years and this and that. And I'm like, so here's my thinking behind them. I only once since then I used, I, I've not run for brake lines. I still am sketched out by the idea of <laughs> copper. I have used one for a clutch line that I had to do a really weird bending system on, and I was yeah. like, it's going to be a lot easier to use the NICOP. So I used, and I figured if a clutch line blows out, it's not a safety issue per se where you can just put it in neutral and you can still stop the vehicle. Yeah. But I don't know. So, all right, tell me your thoughts on it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So I, I had quite a bit of training on them at the big box auto parts store I worked on. I did a lot of research for the same concerns as I was always – you know, brought up to, well, not brought up, but believed in stainless, 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 no iron, no painted, no coated, stainless. Well, I mean, well, regular steel's fine, too. I mean, I, w- I don't know, I don't think I'd run cast iron brake lines. That'd be no, just a no. lot of, like, you know, they'd have to be really big, and then you got to, like, tap the ends of them, and then they just look really awkward. Actually, yeah. they look kind of cool looking, but. That would be kind of, like, steampunk cool. It very st- I was just thinking the <laughs> same thing. <laughs> One day, maybe. No, so what they are, it's an actual alloy. Okay. So it's nickel, copper, and iron are the, the predominant elements in there. 
Uh, I mean, you bend it long enough, it, it will start to stiffen up because you're, you're flexing it too much. Okay. So it's, it's copper kind of gives it the flexibility, the nickel and the iron, you know, some rust resistance with the copper and the nickel, the iron kind of gives it the structure. So they are fully rated, certified by DOT to ABS burst pressures exceeding 3000 PSI. Uh I mean, I mean, they're they're stupid easy to work with, as you found. Yeah, you know, one of the demos I always did, it, I we had a demo piece, and you just kind of flick it against your arm, kind of hard, and it'll bend. Yeah. So really tight corners. It's really easy to get in there. The only issue I ever found with it, you got to go real slow turning your pipe cutter, or it will crunch it. You know, crush it a little bit, oblong it, mm-hmm. and then when you're flaring it, you have to be real careful not to over flare it. You know, if you're used to doing all steel, you got to crank that nut down a little bit. You got to back it off just a little bit, a little bit, and look at it. Other than that, all of Pegasus has run with that. I haven't had, I had one issue, but it was my fault. Uh, but non my fault issues, I haven't had any problems with it. And it, that's, yeah, it's great stuff. It's, it's worth, interesting to me. Worth every extra penny, in my opinion. So, for what, sure. what is that plastic brake line stuff they're doing these days? I haven't seen that. Yeah, I want to say I could be mistaken. I could just be completely spitballing something, and and but I could have sworn that Lucas ran some sort of weird plastic-looking brake lines through his whole TJ build. That hmm. it was the same kind of thing. You just bought it in rolls and just, um, and it was the almost only, like PEX tubing. And I was the like, only what thing is I this? could think of that, uh, and it's like what I did with the power steering line on Pegasus. Uh huh. So an AN line, an Army-Navy rated line, uh, it's a modular system. Like, they'll do it on a lot of motorcycles. So it's a special end. That That's what AN stands for, an AN uh, fitting? Army-Navy, yeah. It was like an Army-Navy system. And they let the Marine, They didn't let the Marines be part of it? Or uh, the Air I Force? Know. I don't know. That's not my decision. Okay, so Army-Navy got gotcha. you. I, mean, I can't make that joke. All the Marines that listen to this would crucify me. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, that's it's just a, a kind of a universal system. Um, you know, you you buy the hose in a roll. It's a Teflon tube in a stainless steel jacket, and then the ends. Uh, there's like a little ferrule that goes on there, and then the nut kind of crimps it all down together. And that's what the power steering lines on Pegasus are. Like I said, they huh. make the system for brake lines. It's it's good stuff. That might be what he did. That is not DOT approved though. Well, neither his rig. It's full hydraulic steering yeah. and all that crap. So <laughs> yeah, the I mean, you could get that, do that, run it. Like I said, they do it a lot of custom bikes where it's not ABS applications. Some um, bikes have ABS now. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, that's yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> I do like so the idea of cruise control though. It's great stuff. It's super easy to work with on that. First few times, you 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 kind of cut the line. It's a little weird. They make a special tool to make it easier to get the ferrules on and all that. Mm. It's a little goofy to work with, but it's a hose, and you route it like a hose. It's super easy to do. It's got to be what he used. I'll have to ask him sometime yeah. next time I see him or whatever because it was. Uh, I know he. I remember he had it at his old house, and he was just like, "Oh, I had this." And he had like a roll of whatever it was, and he was just and he's running it through. Yeah. And he, I think he even fished it through his frame rails or something. Ah, and that nice. way, it was like he's like, "It's out of the way. It can't get torn or something." And I, yeah. I, I maybe for, for off road only, it's great stuff. For on road, but mean, you're you telling me NICOP is DOT legal, it's yeah, street legal, it's all, all DOT that. approved. It's it is like the the salesman told you, it's a lot of OEM applications in Europe, 
and it just it doesn't rust. It's more expensive though, isn't it? A lot. <laughs> Is it really? I so last time I brought I bought brake line, I believe I'm say it was like thirty bucks for a coil, a twenty five foot coil of steel, and like fifty or fifty something or sixty something for the Nikop. So it's it's Not a lot terrible. more expensive. But when you factor the time of how much time you have to work with it to make the steel, you know, bend it to fit, and then you're literally cutting that down to a couple minutes with the Nikop, I mean, it it pays for itself so fast, it's not even funny. Now, it looks like copper. Can you polish it like copper? I don't know, maybe. That'd be <laughs> really cool it. to be able to do, uh, like, on a, a rat rod or a, a vintage build or a steampunk thing or something like that. Yeah. Um to polish it and have like shiny looking copper lines or something that would kinda, be kind of cool it'd be kind of neat i mean I, four by four who cares but yeah i'm just thinking other car stuff but yeah, uh, i know I've, I've seen it three sixteenths a quarter inch uh i don't know if they make it in bigger sizes but i know they make those for sure i've i've gone through quite a few coils working on you know my personal mm-hmm. vehicles friends vehicles i've helped with them uh you know the truck uh, so our truck there was a weird junction block to the brake hose I think it was this truck whatever uh so the front left side weird little junction that was just leaking like crazy when we got it mm-hmm. and to actually buy the steel little s line was like 40 bucks excuse me uh the iron i mean it was a really small space so to to get those bends on an iron you know regular steel or stainless line would have been almost impossible i mean not easy to do without bending i, I usually just go get like a five foot piece of of pre flare and i just yeah, one end and i just run it around the air cleaner and <laughs> you know back to the i mean you could do that but it's take a while to bleed <laughs> you know that's uh... i i took a, a short section of line actually i think i bought a an eight inch section from uh the, the parts store at the time, I may not have even flared it, bent it up, put it in place, tightened it down, bled it, and was good to go. Hmm. I mean, it, it literally took, you know, an hour job and maybe half hour. Well, I mean, all right, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to decry that these are terrible products or anything like that. And I mean, if they're DOT rated, I, yeah. you know, what am I to say if it's, if it's safe or not? I mean, John, you want to run that stuff. Both Johns, oh, you yeah. and John Gamble. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, it's cool. I mean, it's in my opinion, it's worth the expense, hands down. Hmm. You know, I mean, unless you got a big straightaway section, if you got to do any kind of bending, this stuff. If you got a long straightaway section, you know, use something else. Like I've, I bought a, what was it a thirty foot all stainless brake line kit. You know, the bulk kit to do Project XJ 10 years ago. Yeah. I have a lot of stainless tubing just chilling there. So all my straightaway sections, like the from the proportioning valve to the rear axle, I'm still going to do in the stainless because I have it and I want to use it up. Oh, yeah. But all the front lines with the crazy bends, everything I got to do there, it's going to all be the NICOP stuff for sure. Maybe I'll try it next time I, I got to do a brake line on something, which hopefully, knock on wood, is, uh, <laughs> you know, a while. But, uh, yeah. you it's, know, it always seems to me that the brake lines break and, you know, it's 15 degrees outside and the cold. That sounds about right. You know, yeah. in Michigan, so. Yeah, like the whole rear axle we had to do on the old truck because the wheel cylinder's blue. Yeah, that's Well, one so wheel cool. cylinder blue. Uh, looking at the line, it was questionable at best. 
Um, obviously, when we put a wrench to it, it pretty much disintegrated. Mm-hmm. So I just ended up redoing everything from the main line out, you know, drums, uh, shoes, all the adjusters, brake lines. While we were doing that, we found two of the four uh, U-bolts holding the leaf springs to the axle were rotted out on one section. So we had to do all the U-bolts. Oh, geez. Thankfully, we caught it, saved, you know, much larger problem or accident on it. No, but yeah, for sure. Uh, that's... Yeah, I was sick as hell, though. It was, like, 20, 10 degrees out at the time. 20, 10 degrees? 20, 2, 10 degrees, oh, 20, somewhere 10 in there. Degrees. It was a miserable... It took me, like, two, three days to get it done. I felt yeah. I was... You know, I couldn't work more than a half hour or so at a time without just feeling like death, so... My dad helped me finish that one up, and we got it back on the road, and it it worked great till the day. I mean, still working great after we sold it. Something to be said about that warmer weather and that salt air, man. When I was down in Florida, um, you know, my arthritis didn't uh, (laughs) uh, Uh hurt as much, and I'm not going to be in the cold climates in a few years, but... Uh, you may we may have to do this remotely, or you just have to come down to Florida or I, Arizona. I think I'm just gonna have to visit wherever you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what I think we're gonna have to do. But um, you know, that's fun that we we're getting people asking us questions now on Four by Four Talk. I don't know if you noticed that Four by Four Talk in the last like two weeks, we're, we're every yeah, a day lot we're of new getting people. Yeah, yeah, three, four, or five people, even more. Um, per day and one let me see if i can find the name real quick we're just getting a lot of new people on there and that's the the facebook group and um we we will name drop we will answer questions sometimes on the show or on the facebook group yeah um you know point in case today point in case today yeah john and i um you know we are I, I hate to use the word industry experts, but we've been doing this for a number of years in various forms, and uh, always you know, still learning. We might not be as uh, entertaining as the old uh, car talk guys from NPR um, that were on air for twenty something years, but what are you talking about we can turn the levels up, get real close to the mics, talk with a monotone we, we, voice we, the whole uh, time. NPR, welcome to NPR. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't them. They were uh, they were pretty entertaining. Unfortunately, the one did pass away. Um, mm. They do have a podcast now where they play the old episodes, but that show is yeah. is now wrapped. But uh, um, you know, I I don't know. I I think that uh, um, it, I like interacting with our oh, yeah. our audience. Um, and, so we we talked about XJ's the last episode quite a bit there. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give a shout-out to Don Cooper. I hope you're checking the show out and on 4x4 Talk. Uh, so Don is a guy that I actually ran into at a gas station on my way home from work a few weeks ago. Did you give him your insurance information? No, no, no. Uh, all right, we encountered each other upon exiting the gas station. Oh, you encountered each other. Yes, yes. That sounds very nice. Well, he was Did going to... Did you have a to... nice encounter? <laughs> It was pleasant, yes. Oh, good. Yes. Nice, pleasant encounter. Yes, we talked for almost two hours oh, okay. <laughs> in the parking right. lot. No, so Don had a, a 99 XJ parked out front. Good year. And, yep, and I, I was walking out towards mine, and I said, that's an awesome Jeep, man. That, that's cool. And he says, yeah, yeah, I like it. And he goes, is that you? See, walking that way. Is that you and the Wrangler over there? He says, yes, sir. And we, we talked for... Probably a half hour, 45 minutes, and then he, he went and says, I'll, I'll be right back, hold on. Got his Jeep, brought it over, and we talked another almost, you know, hour, 15 minutes, whatever it was. Very nice. Just about Jeeps, you know, my build, his build, just some history back and forth on the Was his build? Uh, it was kind of rebuilt a little bit. It wasn't built up or lifted or anything okay. like that. 
but just about some of the stock parts that he's done. I uh, know he had um, Orfab, the uh, the rear quarter panel guards on it. Oh, cool. All yeah, right. So he had those and just some other Hide stuff. Hide the rust, done. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh, but no, we, we talked Jeeps, just random guy in the parking lot for almost two hours. Uh, gave him a few stickers. You know, I'm hoping he's checking the show out. Seemed really interested in it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just. I guess it's a Jeep thing. <laughs> it, it's a lot of these. I mean, you run yeah. into uh, Toyota Land Cruiser guys will do the same thing, yeah. and uh, old Bronco guys will do. I mean, oh yeah, you know every every facet has its you know. It's a good fans. thing though. Oh, for sure, for sure. And the community's continuing to build. Um, yeah. I I do appreciate people being on there, and we're always looking for topic ideas too. We loved that. Um, uh, we had a uh, request uh, for Toyota mini trucks and yep. things like that. And, you know, it's fun for us because sometimes there's a topic where we maybe think we know a bunch about or we go, wait a minute, that's a topic we've never covered or something. Brake lines, for example. Brake lines, I mean. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I haven't ever done the research like you have into those, but I'm willing to try them. Oh. Um, like I said, I ran one on a clutch line once on a hydraulic clutch, but... Mm. You know, I mean, it's it's fun to do that. So oh, yeah. I hope we Always can continue to do expand, that. For sure. But, um, man, uh, what else you got going on? Anything with your builds? Uh, what'd you drive here today? Uh, so I brought Pegasus today. She's oh, all really good and everything. Good. Oh, she's always run. Oh, okay. Everybody always says that. She's always run. The exception <laughs> being when it's 10 below zero. Oh, then okay. there's some issues. Okay. But, no, she's always run. The issues ever, you know, just been noises or transmission problems. Gotcha. Stuff like that. But, no, she's running great, you know, which has me nervous because, you know, if you're a car guy... And everything's going too well. You know something's going to happen. Silence before the storm here. <laughs> yeah. Or the quiet before the storm. Yeah, yeah I, I had a... Uh, so an interesting... I'll call it a problem with some parts I was looking to get uh, last weekend. I'll withhold the name. If you're Jeep XJ guy and you're familiar with the area of Midland, you'll probably know who I'm referring to. Um, so I, I've had... I don't know who you're referring to. Yeah, I'll tell I'm, you I'm familiar with Jeep XJs <laughs> in Midland, but okay. So this this is an individual, has a company, makes a lot of 4x4 parts, uh, you know, bumpers in particular. Well, he has these bumper brackets for the XJs. Some I've been wanting to, you know, pick up for a while. It's just, it's a, a frame tie-in bracket. Really beefs up your rear framing and just a nice solid point to mount a bumper to. Okay. So I've dealt with the guy in the past. Uh, I've bought stuff from him. You know, I always met him, picked it up, never had an issue. Well, I, I was trying to set up to meet up with him, you know, last weekend when I was up there, 20 minutes away. So I'm not a two-hour drive. I'm 20 minutes away, cash in hand, trying to get a hold of him to say, hey, are you going to be around? Can I come get these parts? Nothing. Viewing all the messages... I think he had one of those auto chat bots at one point because it just said hello out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. And nothing. And, you know, it's a frustration. If you're going to run a business like that, you know, you're going to sell stuff, agree to, you know, we, we hadn't made a specific agreement for the weekend. I talked to him earlier in the week. I'm going to be up there. Will you be around? Yeah. Nothing. So... You know, I, I started looking elsewhere. I actually found the parts somewhere else that I'm going to be ordering somewhere else. You know, just if you're going to run a business, answer your customers. 
So, what were you Facebook messaging him, or it what? was on Facebook, and he saw yeah. the messages, yeah, but he didn't answer. Correct. That is frustrating. It's beyond frustrating. It's like I have cash in hand. I've been talking to you about these products for you know three weeks, trying to get you know I, I need a total price. I'm going to bring you cash. We'll be up here one of these weekends. I can let you know when, and then nothing. Maybe he doesn't do things in person because of the Rona. No, we we had agreed I could come and pick them up. Mm. Yeah, that's it's very odd. I I ran into a similar thing about a week ago myself. Uh, yeah, I, I won't. Sorry, don't mean to interrupt. Quick final note on my thing there. The guy is known for not shipping things. Oh. Which is why I was going to go pick him up. Yeah. And like I said, I've never had an issue with the guy, and he makes great quality stuff. He's just unreliable. Yeah, and it's a bummer. I mean, I I thought I could still trust him over this, but yeah. So, no, sorry, dude, but you lost me as a customer. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I mean, if you really screw somebody over, maybe we'll call them out on it. But yeah, I mean, I'm that's... not going to deny something could have come up. Sure. I always give someone the benefit of Family the doubt. Family emergency, whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it that, but, you know, things are being viewed. Whatever system set up has made comments. You know, it's come on, dude. <laughs> I I fully agree. Um, and that's incredible. We've talked that before. The frustrations of yeah. you know marketplace and Craigslist, Craigslist and yeah. all that stuff. I uh, I ran into a similar thing about a week ago. I had gotten a message from my mom's company from uh, tr- for a truck that they wanted me to go check out. Um, it was an old Ford Super Duty. Uh, I don't remember the year on it, but. It was priced fairly. It wasn't a super deal, but it was priced fairly for what it was, um, at least from what I could see from the pictures. Decent-looking truck, uh, reasonable amount of miles on it. Like I said, priced fairly. Call up the guy. Um, they had already gotten the phone number from him. Um, call him up, and I said, hey, uh, you know, uh, I'd really like to take a look at the truck. And he goes, well, come now. And I says, I'm at work right now. I go, um, but I'm going to be out of work at 3.30, uh, where are you at? And he told me the city, and he was uh, about an hour south of where I'm working. Mm. And so I told him, I said, all right, I can be there about 4.30, 5 o'clock at the latest. And he's like, oh, yeah, that should be fine. That should, that's not a problem. Um, he goes, and I said, all right, cool. I says, uh, send me the address. All right, yeah, I'll do that right now. I'll text you the address. So this is like maybe 11 o'clock. You know, it was around lunchtime, 12 o'clock, something like that. Never got a text from him. And so I send him a text about a half an hour before I'm leaving work. Hey, shoot me that address. Nothing. So we get off work, call him. You know, first time, nothing. All right. Text him again. Hey, I'm, uh, I'd like to come still look at the truck. You know, is that what we're going to do? Because the guy, like, we talked for five minutes. He told me about the truck. And, yeah. and he's like, oh, yeah, you'd be the first person to come take a look at it. It's fine. So try to call him again. This time he answers the phone. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah. And I, he says, uh, you were the guy I talked to earlier. I said, yep. I says, I'm on my way. I says, I, you know, I can start heading that way. Just give me the address. I know what city you're in, but give me the address. Oh, well, something came up, and I, I you know, tomorrow's going to be better. Um, and I had something going on the next day after work. He's like, well, just come tomorrow in the morning. And I said, I'm at work. I says, I can't come any day mm-hmm. prior to 3.30. I says, you know. And he goes, oh, well, tomorrow after work should be fine then. Just come on tomorrow after work. I said, all right, great. Send me the address. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Same thing. Second day in a row. Um, 
you know, or maybe it was two days down. Cause like I said, I had something going on, but it was yeah. like two days down. We made it, we made an appointment, same thing kind of ghosts me. Finally call him again. Um, I was, I happened to go Saturday. I happened to be down in his town doing work for my company. Mm-hmm. Call him up. I'm like, Hey, we talked. I says, I'm in town. I'm a couple minutes away from you right now. As far as I can tell, I'd like to come over and take a look at the truck. And he's like, oh, well, who are you again? And I'm like, we talked a couple days ago. You're selling the Ford truck. I says, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, um, I don't think right now is a good time. <laughs> Not, I mean, just like really all nonchalant about it. I'm like, I'm right here in town, dude. I'm like, yeah. are you selling the truck or not? Mm. And he's like, yeah, but uh, call me Monday. So I call him again Monday after work, and he's like, well, you know, I'm not sure right now is a good time. If you could come tomorrow, maybe about noon. I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. I just, yeah. I'm like, this dude is such a flake. You know, he wants me to come in the morning. Come to, still never sent me an address. I don't yeah. know where it's at. I don't know if he was trying to sell something for someone, quote unquote, gotcha. or what. But it was just, I, I, and that's something else, pet peeve I've had lately. There's been a number of trucks because they're still actively looking for a three-quarter or one-ton diesel uh truck does not have to be four-wheel drive uh mm. for their business so if anybody in the southeast michigan area has got one for <laughs> sale for a decent price they're looking for something probably in the sub eight thousand range that's maybe 15 to 20 years old but not full of problems they're yeah. you know old they're just looking for basically a yard truck kind of thing here so yeah. i uh They've sent me a couple of them, and I I call a guy the other day, and he's got this, and he's got the very professional ad, all the details. Call him. I'm like, hey, I'm calling about the 08 F350 for sale. Well, what do you mean 08 F350? So I'm looking at it on Facebook Marketplace. He's like, well, um, can you can you give me the stock number off it? I'm like, the stock number? There's no stock number <laughs> in your ad. He's like, oh, well, it's on Marketplace, and I'm like. Yeah. I'm like, your number's right in there and everything. Oh, well, uh, is that the crew cab or the extended case? The crew cab. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then he starts telling me about the truck a little bit. And you could just tell he was like a business or a flipper or whatever. And yeah. fine, he's flipping stuff. But just put right on there, this is a business and I don't know yeah. crap about it. The last one we just bought, we just bought an 08 F350 from a guy. And when I called him, like within 30 seconds, he told me, dude, I own a car lot. This is my back lot of stuff that comes in from the auction nice. that I'm not putting out in the front. He goes, I can't tell you any of the, the service history on this. I can't tell you any of the mechanical history. I can tell you it runs, drives, stops, steers, looks decent. He goes, I'm not going to BS you on the rest of it. He goes, that's, that's what we got. I says, can I come take a look at it? And he goes, yeah, come on out today. I was like, all right, cool. Went out there, bought the truck that night. Nice. I mean, they're still looking for one more, but... That's the way you do it. Yeah. Don't BS people and try to pretend that I've got this great truck and it's a runner driver and I've had it for years and this and that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's something you picked up at the auction. You're trying to flip and you don't just be straight with people, man. I got a fun one. Huh? So I, I cleaning some stuff out the garage. I got a couple floor jacks that stuff I bought cheap over the years used and it's got problems too good to scrap them, but not good enough that I want to screw with anymore. So I threw them up for sale at marketplace, right? They're about pretty cheap. Get a guy, message me, you know, will you take 60 for both of them? Sure. No problem. You know, I'm going out of town this day. I'll, when I get back, I'll send you the address. Cool. I want to come over and get them. Uh, you know, I sent him another message. You know, I'm going to be home pretty late. Can you meet up tomorrow? 
you know, I woke up. I'm, I'm not feeling so great. I might have my brother come down and grab him. I just, I really need him. So I respond, you know, that's, that's not a problem. I can send you the address. I just want to make sure. You did read the ad, right? They both need work. They're not ready to go. And I, I disclosed what I know is wrong with them in the ad. Yep. Everything. He goes, what? They don't work? He says, did you read the ad? He goes, no, I didn't read the ad. I thought they worked. I get that all the time. They only want to see pictures. Oh, my God. That's so... They just people I'm don't read anymore. Withhold the expletive as much yep. as possible now, and I, I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick and tired yep. of it. For the love all of the God, all that is good and holy, read the ad, please. Yep. That's why a lot of times my ads I'll put on there. Read entire ad before calling. Yeah, I I used to do it. I got away from it. I'm gonna go back and start doing it. Read yep. the ad before messaging. Questions answered will not. You know, questions in. Uh, I don't remember how you answering the it. ad will be ignored. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm so frustrated with that. So you, you know? weren't able to get this uh, random dude to get the jacks off you? Nope. Oh, right. good one. <laughs> what? Phrasing. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> no, no, I still got the floor jacks. All right. So I'm, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm just frustrated by it because now, you know, I thought these things were out of the way, and now they're still in my way. Mm. So, yeah. And then you're trying to sell used diesel fuel. That's an after show thing. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that one. That's <laughs> that. You is... were drunk, weren't you? No, no, very, very sober. We'll we'll talk about that in the after show because I'm so irritated with that. Uh, that's oh, leaving I, today. I, I'm by gonna the way. make fun of you. Oh, that's fine. We'll talk about it. All right, we'll talk about. All that. right. Well, that means that, you, <laughs> that our listeners need to sign up on Patreon for at least two dollars a month. Uh, if anything, just listen to this episode. you got to hear the explanation about this one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you need to get on the Patreon after show. John, how can they find us? So patreon.com slash wheelandradio. Uh, like Keith said, access is those $2 a month. Get a lot of bonus content from us, stuff we may not get to in the show. It's a lot more, we'll call it less PG-13, higher rating? PG-14. PG-14. Yeah, sure. we'll call it that. Whatever. Uh, so we get a little bit more relaxed, you know, enjoy some uh, malted beverages while we're doing that. Not milk. I love malted milk balls. Oh, my God. Those are so good. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, we got a bunch of free episodes. Check it out. See if you like us. We have a lot of fun on that one. We do get some special guest interviews we don't always have on the show. So it's it's a good time. Uh, you can also reach us 4x4Talk on Facebook. Just put in your search bar 4x4Talk. Uh, search that up. A couple quick questions gets you on the page. Interact with us, the other members. Any questions, comments, you want to share build pictures, have a question, post it up and uh, get it answered. Absolutely. Um, do join 4x4Talk. We're pushing that hard because it is your number one way of getting a hold of us through Facebook. Uh, if you're not on Facebook and you're a Twitter, Instagram person, we do also have Twitter and Instagram uh, accounts that we monitor, but we're not I noticed uh, this week, John, by the way, that we've had a number of people that have tried to somewhat share our tweets on um, for Wheelan on Twitter, and then they've like made comments. But unfortunately, unless you can get back to the original thread somehow, you don't always know what they're saying. So there's no. like I got um, uh, one tweet that was like at Wheelan Radio. Thank you guys so much. And it was no. thank you for what? 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to figure it out, and it was it was either something that had been deleted, or mm. I don't know. I know nothing about Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, you know, yes, we will do our best to try to respond to you on Instagram and Twitter if we can, if you have a question or something, but Facebook's the better place for us. We're both familiar with the platform. Um, and if you're interested in more 4x4 history uh, things, we have the Museum of Off-Road Adventure. John and I are both... Uh, we both sit on the board of that. It is a fantastic place to go in Clay Township, Michigan. It's a small off-road vehicle museum, first of its kind in the world. And uh, it is open by appointment. You can call 877-FWD-MORA to come check out the museum, spend some time with probably myself, maybe uh, Johnny Orange if he's in town. And uh, you can uh, you know, see the museum and some interesting things there. Uh, the museum also has Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. Uh, under Museum of Off-Road Adventure and a Facebook group called 4x4 Museum that is growing um, probably slightly less fast than <laughs> 4x4 Talk, but it is growing as well. So uh, check us out on all of those. And with that, John? So whatever medium you reach out to uh, you enjoy us through, make sure you hit like and subscribe. If you have a chance, leave us a review. Let, you know, let us know what you like, what you think of the show and everything. And on that, we'll end it with thanks for listening, as always, and have a good one, everybody. 